0: Hey smart mamas, welcome to the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast, a podcast about balancing mom life and work life and everything in between. Being a mama is a hard job. We are three nurse anesthetists reaching out to support and encourage other moms with hectic and chaotic lives. I want to be a nurse anesthetist. No topics are off limits.
1: Relationships, finance, mental health. Wick.
0: And we aren't sugarcoating anything. No way, hold way. This is real life, real moms, real advice. And we want this to be interactive. We want to hear from you, the good, the bad, and the ugly. <laughs>
1: Ellen, what was the post that you had in the group about becoming a mom?
2: Um, I just reached out to all the moms and said, like, what are the, you know, we know that there's all these books out there for parenting. And the first time you're pregnant, you go out and you buy like a million books or you read a thousand mommy blogs and they warn you about all the same crap, like healthy eating and exercising and, you know, like the things that we all know to expect. But I really wanted to hear from the moms, like, what on earth? Did you not get warned about that, like, made the biggest impression on your life with childcare and childbearing and child rearing and child birthing and everything? So, um, you know, we had like over 300 responses, I think, from the moms in a matter of a couple hours. And in the group of 5,000, that's pretty awesome because we're in all different places. So the fact that they all kind of chimed in like at different time zones, but we had some hilarious responses that oh my god, we did! I, I feel like they were so funny because we could relate to all of them. I was like, the yes. whole time I'm reading, I'm like, yes, like, yes, thank God these people are saying this because it's hard to recall it when you're thinking of it by yourself, especially if you're like a year plus out of, you know, the newborn stage, especially if it's not your first kid. But that first go around is like horrifying. I remember constantly saying to myself, like, why did nobody tell me this? Why did nobody warn me about this? Like, why didn't I know about this? And we're in healthcare, Like, we know, like, you know, healthcare and nursing and babies and humans and, you know, like, pathophysiology of life and birth and all that. But, like, we have no freaking clue what's coming with a baby. How to, like, dress them when you're taking them to the doctor. <laughs> or, like, the 50,000 outfits you think you're going to put them in and all they wear is a diaper and a onesie
0: always you guys my child barfed all day (laughs) all night all day all night I drove to Kansas City for a conference and I had showered and I hadn't been with her for hours and I I thought I had like shampoo in my hair or in my in my ear so I like went to oh my god I have shampoo in my ear and it smelled so bad it was barf I had barf in my ear for six hours after I had left my child. I mean, I was a walking puke Like a hot mess. Basin. Oh, yeah. yeah. Terrible.
2: You're like hot mess express. Oh, yeah. But, like, not none of better. the books told you that your kid was going to puke
0: every
1: minute of every no. day for months and, and months and months.
0: And they definitely didn't tell you to bring your own spare clothes. I mean, no. I don't know how many times we were at the baseball game. She barfed all over me, and I, I changed her clothes, but now I'm standing there covered in baby vomit. It's just not... Ideal.
1: Oh, yeah. We went through the airport security line, and right as we got to the other side, my kid pukes all over me and the baby carrier and everything, and we had to go get on a plane because it was boarding. There was no time to change. It was
2: a long flight. Yeah. Brutal. And nobody explains to you, like, I don't panic, really, in real life or in my job where we keep people alive during surgery and you know we put them to sleep and we wake them back up and we make sure that they are healthy and safe and comfortable but let me tell you something when my child projectile vomits in a car seat in the back of my car repeatedly Every single bolt in my brain loosens and all signals misfire. And I literally, like, my my only response is to start shaking uncontrollably. And just I consistently repeat, like, why? No. Why? Why? Please stop. Please stop. Why? Why? What do I do now? Why? Why? why are you doing this? And like, I can't function. And then you're like, you're holding the kid, but you need extra arms. Like that's a perfect example in which I want to like grow an extra couple arms because like one arm needs to clean the stuff. The other one needs to assemble like all the new things. Then you have to hold the baby because you can't like sit them down in the parking lot because they'll crawl away and get hit by a car. And then like, you have to put things in bags and then your other kid is screaming like that. Just that throw to it all me in the trash is can. so much. Like the kid too.
0: I mean, no. All of it. I- throw it all away.
2: <laughs> throw your whole life just, just in the trash can give up. for the day.
0: <laughs> no, for real, you guys. I can <gasps> run a code. I can take care of the sickest patients and be fine. But I'll wake up in the middle of the night, my daughter will have a fever, and I don't know what the <laughs> dose of Tylenol is. I was literally, this was last week, I was digging through the cupboards for Tylenol and I couldn't find the instructions on what the dose was, and I was starting to panic and I was about to Google it when I realized, I know the dose of Tylenol. I give it to kids all the time. But when it's your own, it's just like, you just do Yeah, you don't synapse mm-hmm. correctly.
2: No, you have no idea. And I don't really take care of kids at work. I mean, I can Google it and I'm fine, but... When I, like when your own kid is sick, I swear I forget all of my medical knowledge and I come to the CRNA mom group Facebook page and I'm always like, help me. My child has a fever. What does this mean? Why is he crying? And like the fact that they can't talk is useless because the whole time I'm like, what's wrong? Can you just tell me what's wrong? Like, why are you crying? Does something hurt? Do you not feel good? Are you thirsty? Are you hungry? Do you need a diaper why do you have a fever? What's going on? Is it yours like
0: Do, do your ears, you remember the first time your child had a tantrum? I literally almost took her to the emergency room. <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. I was like going. I was like, something is wrong. She's in pain. This is bad. I don't even know who talked me off the ledge, but they're like, She's having a tantrum. I'm like, but what she didn't have these before. I mean, it was she was rolling across the ground like a like she was possessed and nobody warns you about this no because it's not like when you watch a
2: movie and they're like okay cut scene you know on to the next scene where they turn two and here's what's coming like it all kind of like meshes together so like you have this you know like disastrous first six months they say like the first six months of Life is so hard just because like there's so much change, and then you finally kind of like get your bearings. You're like, okay, like I got this, I got this, we're good. And,
0: and then, then it all changes. of a sudden
2: it changes, and all you're like, what on earth is going on? Like I just had this. Now every like you wake up today and you're a different human. I don't understand. <laughs> and then it just keeps going, and every time it changes, I feel like t- you know, like right now we're in the throes of the terrible threes, which the twos is what they talk about. The twos are not bad. The threes no. are where things get horrific. I feel like my life was taken over by like an ISIS terror terrorist and oh, for all sure. day every day like if i get the wrong sock color i mean i might be beheaded that day <laughs> and i hear the fours are worse but there's no warning like you just like wake up one day and all of a sudden they're in this horrendous fit of you don't even know why so now you're just like it's like someone once compared toddlers to extremely drunk asshole adults you, there's no rationalizing with them like you can't talk them down from anything they're on their complete like own track one track mind they have their mind made up you're not going to make them feel better and you're literally just like pleading your case with them just like begging for them to calm down
1: okay so when my so I completely understand the panic of um like thinking that something is wrong when it isn't so when my my son came at 37 weeks so he was three weeks early and he was my first and i was convinced for like you know eight weeks old, they're supposed to start smiling, right? That's what all the books say. And if they don't, they're autistic, right? That's what all the books say. So then when he didn't smile at eight weeks, I was convinced he was autistic. And I was like, okay, how am I going to get him treatment early so that he can lead the best life possible? So I, like for three weeks, was convinced that this was happening. And then he started smiling at 11 weeks old, which would have been normal if he had... Come on time. Mm -hmm. So basically he lived his entire first year, three weeks behind. By the time we got to his one year visit, the doctor was like, he's not meeting this milestone. He needs to be standing independently and he's not doing it. I'm going to give you a physical therapy consult. And I was like, no, no, he's going to do it in three weeks. And he was like, no, he needs to go to physical therapy. And I said, we'll see in three weeks. And guess what? Two weeks later he was standing independently, but I was like completely convinced that something was wrong. And until I realized that Each kid has their own timeline. I was like, why is my kid not meeting the timelines? Can you imagine
0: if we verbalized all these fears? I mean, (laughs) I've had so many. I remember when she was really little, you know, when they had that just newborn distant look. I thought she was blind. I think that went through my mind. (laughs) You know, and then they don't. It's just it's just hard. We were constantly
1: testing hearing and like clapping like on either (laughs) side of his head to make sure. Yes.
2: Like, I feel like sometimes it's worse that we know stuff because... It's like, you know, too much, but not enough. So you just become this like lunatic that's holding your kid to these unrealistic standards of like books where your kid's not a book. Your kid is a human and every human is completely different and unique. And so not, and then everyone tells you like, don't compare them to other people's kids. You're like, okay, I won't compare. I won't compare. But then you start to compare. And it's even worse when you compare your own two kids because you're like, well, I don't get it. Like they have the same genes. They have the same environment. They were raised by the same parents, you know, all this stuff, but they're two completely different human beings. So I I totally understand, like, assigning some kind of strange disorder to my child because he just wasn't meeting some weird books milestone. And then later I was like, oh, it's okay. You're fine. It's just mommy, like, has some kind of disorder. It's me. It's me. I'm the one with the problem, not you.
0: It's definitely mom. How many times did you watch the chest rise and fall the first year? I still do. I mean, all all night. All night. Every time I'd wake up, I would stare at the monitor for a good... 30 seconds and make sure it was you know regular and it's crazy
1: they're they're three and Uh a half and one and a half now and i still do that so i'm gonna share like i don't know that that's gonna go away they're gonna be creeped out when they're 18
2: (laughs) why (laughs) is my mom watching me sleep i'm so when this is like super vulnerable story of me to tell because this was like horrific and probably gave me like ptsd for a little while but i've recovered from it now um and I don't even know if my husband's like okay with me sharing this but I feel like he is um so our first kid we had had really bad reflux as a baby and if anybody's ever had a reflux mm-hmm. baby really bad they know they like thrash around because it like hurts when it refluxes and so he thrashed out of my arms at 10 weeks directly onto the kitchen floor oh. and fell on his head oh, my God. and I being a nurse anesthetist like immediately jumped into like management mode like this is my patient and I forgot all of the important things like don't move them don't move their neck don't pick them up like all because you just yank your kid up in your arms and we obviously called 911 and my husband was like what do we do and I was like we have to get choppered somewhere like I'm crazy and like I mean he fell on his head so it was pretty severe but at the same time like never lost consciousness I did an entire neuro assessment on him I literally had like a bag of peas on his head and in the meantime I have a flashlight out like in his pupils like back and forth back and forth I'm like checking his grip and his strength I'm like moving him around he's 10 weeks old he probably thought I was crazy and he's totally fine like had no symptoms so the ambulance came they're like You know, we could take him to the hospital, but he's fine. He's asymptomatic. And I was like, no, he could have like a slow... bleed and like i've diagnosed him in his in my head already we get to the hospital they're like he's asymptomatic like you know if i was a normal parent that was not in the medical field i wouldn't know anything so i would just go along with what they said but because i'm in the medical field i was a crazy mom so they're like we wouldn't do anything i'm like no you don't understand like we need a cat scan immediately we need like all these things i wrote my own treatment plan i'm like get the or on like, standby for a <laughs> yeah. I literally said that. yeah they were like we wouldn't do that I'm like that's great but like this is my kid and here's what we're gonna do like here's the treatment plan you need to put like this 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 so we go in the cat scan and they're like okay so he has to lay on his back I'm like that's not gonna happen so he's actually gonna lay on his stomach and that's how you're gonna scan him and they did and he did have a skull fracture which like now enter like mom guilt and like they literally told my husband to stay home with me because they thought I was gonna kill myself from like severe guilt and PTSD so we stay in the hospital my kid's totally fine he's like smiling and flirting with all the nurses we stayed overnight they sent us home and the entire time I just kept thinking like is something actually wrong or am I crazy and I think like being in this field it makes you extra insane totally about your kid because you know too much but not enough totally I can totally totally relate to that so
1: my my son who was born early was it actually born at home, accidentally.
0: Oh, Ooh, I'm sorry. What? <laughs> <laughs> Be-
1: because we didn't make it. Um, Is this your first? Yeah. So he came oh. three weeks early, and basically I have fast labors, and we didn't make it. We, I. So long story short, I ended up calling the hospital about an hour before he was born, and I was like, so. I kind of think maybe I'm in labor. Not sure what it's supposed to feel like, but I think maybe. And they were like, (laughs) "Uh,
2: "You'd know if you are." So, what does that mean? They always say that to people. I'm like, "How would you know? I've never done this before." I know. I know. How how would you know? I well,
1: apparently I did not because (laughs) clearly, Lacey. (laughs) I know. (laughs) So anyways, we ended up having our son in the bathtub of our house. Um, you had a water break. And yeah, no, no, just in an empty tub. But uh, Is your husband medical?
0: No. How did this not at go all. over? So,
1: we called his aunt who's an OBGYN. Oh, thank god. Instead of 911. No, oh, you cheated. And she
2: was like Instead of 911, Well, yeah. A-
1: because I didn't want to bother them. I was like, <laughs> we can we can do this. And so so then we called we called her, and she was like, basically, you idiots, just call 911. She's like, hang up the phone and call 911. And then uh, he called 911, and the operator asks, so, like, what's the problem? And he's like, I think my wife's going to have a baby in our house. And he's like, well, how do you know that? And he's like, she says the baby's crowning. And the 911 operator goes, well, is it? And Michael goes, I don't know. And he goes, well, look. <laughs> so, and he's like... Yup, there's a head. (laughs) So then the fire department shows up and actually delivers the baby. And then incidentally, the paramedics show up after the baby is born, leave all of their breathing supplies in the ambulance. So the only thing I got from my birth plan, which was an epidural, hospital, delivery, all of those things, was the delayed cord clamping because they had to run back out to the ambulance to get the clamps (laughs) and then come back in and, and cut it. Then they tried to take him away. While they were getting the clamps, and I had to remind them we were still attached, and that was kind of painful, but. Wow. We Anyways.
0: So you know what I blame? I blame the birth plan, because <laughs> when anyone has a birth plan, yes. the shit does not go.
1: Like, Why? My birth on plan Earth? was like simple. It was like, have no. a baby in the hospital. Like, that, that cannot... shouldn't have been that
2: hard. It's like, you know when they say, as soon as you tattoo your lover's name on their body, yep. you will immediately get separated? Like, As soon as you even mention the word plan, even if you like whisper it, (laughs) shit hits the fan immediately. Like my friend Nicole, she, God bless her, I just met with her yesterday. She was just like such a positive and like convinced mama and she's smart and she's a nurse but she got pregnant with twins and she's like okay so like here's my plan I'm gonna carry my twins to 39 weeks which like hello is unheard <laughs> right. of um, but that was her plan and she was gonna naturally deliver both of them vaginally and everything was just gonna be like rainbows and butterflies and she was gonna take them home and they were just gonna be like the perfect and kids. sleep and through I the night the whole time we were And sleep through the night and, like, eat well and just everything was going to be perfect. And so the second I talked to her, I'm like, Nicole, so, like, you know what happens to moms with plans, right? Like, first of all, man makes plans and God laughs. Like, everybody knows that. Whether you're, like, religious or not, the universe will work against you. But then I'm like, you also know, like, what happens to moms in birthing as soon as you have a plan. Like, your plan will immediately spawn into, like, the complete opposite. And do you know what happened to Nicole? She um, C-sectioned twin, both of her twin deliveries. She developed a massive postpartum hemorrhage. Mm. She ended up with a hysterectomy, a full blood volume replacement, and nearly died. And her kids were in the NICU. So I was talking to her yesterday. I'm
0: like, so how'd your plan turn out, Nicole? She's like, shut up. I think we should call it, like, a a birth idea or a birth suggestion
2: yeah yes. or like goals yes. birth goals maybe? maybe I don't know maybe we should the plan should be annihilated mm-hmm. from like the birth vocabulary because that's when the world yeah. like strikes you
1: so after this experience though like I definitely felt terrible I I felt awful because I was like I failed as a mother before I became a mother because I couldn't even make it to the hospital on time like who does that? Yeah, you're especially like, I had one with job. their first. Exactly, I had one job to get there, and I couldn't even <laughs> do that. And then it was my cousin. I'm not going to throw him under the bus. Well, I will. But he, <laughs> he he didn't mean it in a mean way, but he was like, "You're a nurse. Shouldn't you know better?" And I was like, I just felt like crushed after that. I was like, maybe I should have known better. I am a nurse. like I am a nurse anesthetist. I definitely should have. How would I know? Like I've never experienced labor before. I do not work in labor and delivery. It is not my specialty. How am I supposed to know these things? I'm not. But yet in my mind, I internalized this and I spent like two weeks postpartum, a complete mess because I was like, I let my baby down even though he was perfectly healthy and fine. I let my family down because somehow I didn't make it to the hospital in time. Like I just felt awful and terrible and for no reason. But it's like we put these things on ourselves. Like we're supposed to know this, even though we're not like we're not parenting experts. We're nurses like that doesn't make us parenting experts. Well, You
0: you telling that story, I'm like, wow, you are a bad ass. You know, everything <laughs> yeah, you about what you did was uh amazing and then i i see you with such you know respect and i just that's amazing and Aww. then and but you internalize and say i did a shitty job you know i should have done better yeah
2: meanwhile i'm over here like how did she birth the whole time you're talking I'm like how did she have a baby without an epidural i don't understand
0: but why are we, like
2: that's my biggest why question.
0: why are we our worst you know Critic. Well, so
2: when do you think mom guilt starts? Do you think it begins like Instantly. immediately as soon as you find out you're yeah. pregnant? Because I somebody told the- me the last day you wor- don't worry in your life is the day before you find out you're pregnant. I agree. Yeah.
1: I think as soon as that test turns positive, you're worried yeah. about something you all the guilt. way through to the end. Yeah.
2: Like, am I eating the wrong things? Should I be drinking? They say I could have a glass of wine, but I can't have a glass of wine. Well, should I be exercising? Am I exercising too much? Do I sleep enough? Should I sleep more? The I'm studies say that like,
1: I can have coffee, but <laughs> yet right. someone's going to shame me for doing I'm it. I'm really craving right, lunch some
0: treat. God. <laughs> I will tell sushi you, I ate so hoagies. badly. Yeah,
2: I ate hoagies and my kids are fine. I mean, relatively. It's like whoever you surround yourself with. But yeah, what I, when do you think mom guilt starts?
0: I think uh, inception. I, Instant. I think we're born with it. I think it's like a sixth sense, but in a bad way. I mean, why? Men don't have it. I know my husband doesn't have it.
2: No. No, they don't. There are, There is no guilt. No. Like today, I tried to go out for happy hour with my friends, and the whole time I was at happy hour, I'm like, I should be home with my children. I'm a horrible mother. Why am I out right yep. now? Have another drink. <laughs> and if
0: I do take time to myself and we go do something, and I see like a family with small children, I'm like, oh, I should have brought her here. We would have had such a good time. I'm such a bad mother.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Always. I felt like I was a bad mom even when we were trying to get pregnant. I'm like, should I be trying harder? Am I eating enough? I think I'm eating the wrong things. Is my vitamin right? This vitamin's probably all wrong. Like, oh, God, I'm going to screw oh, I this up before I even do even start. the gummy
1: vitamins. It's like the cheater one.
2: Frowned upon. Yeah, I know. You know God it's forbid not real you, stuff. God forbid you have a gummy vitamin. For real? Those are, those are cheaters?
0: End. I didn't know
2: well because like they have too much sugar and um, all the things that you're not supposed to have yeah hashtag
0: all the things <laughs> hashtag that you're supposed to have <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: <laughs> yes like this is where it begins and you know why it's because we live in this world of like social media and every and everybody having a say well that's where it comes from and Cause back can... in oh sorry no i was just gonna say back in the day like women had kids in fields. And went back to work. Like, they didn't freaking care. Yeah, like, the same time. They, like, put the kid on their backs and kept going back to work. And I feel like they didn't care what the freaking lady in the hut next to them thought. Because all you had was, like, a mirror. And... (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) All you had was a mirror to judge yourself, and that's it. And now, like, you worry about, like, what the freaking mom blogs think of you and what your neighbor says, and the mom at school or the nurse moms are like, God, when I go back to work, they're going to think I'm such a bad worker and I don't care about my patients because I have to go pump. Like, Yeah, but then
1: you're a bad mom because you're choosing to go back to Uh work and not stay home with your kids, even though – this is where you're pat you know like you can be passionate
2: about both things and you can do both well but but you'll feel bad about both of them oh yeah of course yeah like these are the things nobody tells you about in the books like all the things you're gonna think and the ways you're gonna beat yourself up day in and day out i had so many people
0: that i worked with say oh so are you gonna come back after you have the baby uh yeah like what did
1: These loans aren't going to pay for themselves. I'm just like,
0: why would I have just put myself through the hell of the last 10 years? Not hell, but, you know, you get the idea. To then just give up. I don't know. It just seemed counterintuitive to me.
2: Yeah. And I actually had somebody say to me, like, well, you're obviously going to come back to doing call, right? Because you need to set a good example for your children. And I'm thinking to myself, like, "Mm, probably not going to come back to doing call. My kids will be just fine. Thank you. But thanks for judging me, like, right off the bat as I am still pregnant like haven't even had the kid and they're already dictating how to raise my kids you know but that's that's the world we live in that's where it comes from Mm -hmm. well and the other part of
1: it is like the world we live in is not a real world because people can put whatever they want out on social media so my kids were not great sleepers let's be real they were terrible actually and um second one was better than the first First one didn't sleep through the night for 13 months and 22 days. No one Not that did. you counted. No. <laughs> but there's so many people who post like, oh, I had such a great night. I'm so happy. My six-week-old baby is sleeping through the night. But they define sleeping through the night differently than I do. So then like that same person I actually saw this somebody posted like about how their eight week old baby was sleeping through the night and they were so happy. And then they posted a couple of months later about how their baby was sleeping through the night, but they didn't know how to get them back to sleep at 4 a.m. when they kept waking up. And I was like, that's not <laughs> sleeping through the night. But you told me that they were. So then I felt crappy because I was yeah. like, how come my kid's not sleeping through the night when yours is? Yours wasn't sleeping through the night. You're lying to all of us.
2: Yeah. And that's what they say is comparison is the thief of yeah. joy. You'll never, ever, ever have happiness if you continue to compare yourself to other people. But that's where we live because the highlight reel, like, rules our life.
1: Yes. But I think we need to take this back to, a like, a positive point here because we've talked a lot about mom guilt and how – challenging it is and how it it basically starts from the very beginning and never goes away but there's like safe havens in certain places like you have safe groups of friends and you have safe groups on the internet and like the sierra moms group for me has been just an awesome group where i can like i can feel safe and i can feel like i'm not alone and i'm not experiencing this alone because i'm like You know, why do, you know, I actually posted a picture recently of my kid crying. And I was like, why is your kid crying for no reason tonight? And like, like a hundred other people like posted pictures for days later of their kid crying for random reasons. And I was like, okay, I feel better about myself now. (laughs) Like I'm not alone. It's not just me. I love the group.
0: You guys should have seen me when I, when I started it. I was like, well, you know, I guess I could try and see. And I, and I started it and I added my. Six CRNA mom friends, <laughs> and they were like, <laughs> "My they six were like, friends. What is this?" I'm like, "I don't know. I'm just gonna try something." And I'm and look where we are now yeah. five thousand deep.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: and growing every day, like by hundreds every single day. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Um. So, Crystal, what was like the piece of a device you received that was the best and also the piece of advice you received that like made the most the least sense.
0: I don't honestly I don't think I received the advice as I should have. I think maybe I was given it but I didn't receive it. I didn't realize exactly what I was getting into. <laughs> um Well,
1: and that's the thing is it's so hard to like prepare for something that you can't prepare for. Like there is absolutely no preparation you can do that's going to adequately prepare you for this massive life-changing event that you're going to experience. And so even if you're given the most sage advice, like you're not at a point in your life where you can accept that and internalize it and turn it into something.
0: Yeah. If I could have gone back and just told myself, because, I mean, really, all the stuff we're bitching about, it's still, it's a million thousand percent worth it. You know, we all love and oh, cherish sure. our kids so much, and I, I can't imagine going through life without without her. Like, I love doing kids stuff. You know, a fun Saturday for us is, you know, going to the arcade and or going to a kid's movie. That's just so fun to see the world in her eyes. Um, I think the reward of being a parent is, definitely outweighs the the bad stuff but I I honestly you I could go back again you still couldn't prepare me I I was literally shocked motherhood shocked me I was not prepared I feel like the best advice that I
1: got wasn't even like advice it was that was given to me it was a friend and I so when I was on maternity leave with my first my friend and I would just walk. We walked for miles and miles every day, and we would just walk and talk, and it was such a like cathartic release. But she was talking about how like she was complaining to her mom that her baby wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing, and she's like, and then my mom said, babies aren't robots, they're little people, and sure, they're going to have bad days and good days. And I was like, yeah, they're not robots. <laughs> They can do like whatever they want and they can have bad days and good days just like all of us. And they might go to bed one night really easy and they might have a hard time falling asleep one night. And that doesn't mean there's something wrong with them. It just means that that's the way they're feeling today. That was like a huge, like it sounds so silly and insignificant, but it's like that was a huge moment where I was
0: like, yeah, they're not robots. And I remember people saying you can see your personality, your kid's personality when they're infants and, I mean, I can see it. She was a spitfire from the get-go. She still is. She's a drama llama. But she was, I mean, right off the bat. What about yours? Can you look back and, like, do you have a chill kid versus a...
2: So, I'm, like, the crazy mom that, <laughs> I I mean, I feel like we're all super type A, But I'm like very type A and controlling. So I knew going in, like, I need to sleep train my kids because if my kids wake me up at night and I don't get sleep, I will not be able to function at work. And I also become like a nasty wife and a nasty human if I don't sleep. So I had to sleep train them. And I did. And like, the first one went great and he was sleep trained at 14 weeks. And the second one was just like, It's so different with the second one. I feel like with the first one, like, you coddle them. You make sure they're happy and comfortable all the time. I'm like, are you hot? Are you cold? Like, are you happy here? Are you happy in your car seat? And he's, like, two (laughs) days old. Like, he doesn't even know what happy means. He literally is, like, I'm just, like, breathing right now. That's all I can handle. And with the second one, I was, like, you know, my my first was only 20 months old. So with my second one, I was kind of, like, okay, Ben, let's go. Like, this is what we're doing because this is what Michael wants to do. So Ben was not as coddled or, like, you know, he didn't really have a say he just went along and that's how his personality is now like he's very easygoing so like he literally sleep trained himself like I sleep trained both my kids starting at like eight to ten weeks so he started with Ben at eight weeks and at nine weeks he was done like he just slept through the night and I was like oh oh okay like I, I think guess we're finished like I was just starting but I guess you just decided and we're done now I think. And that's where it ended. So Ben kind of like dictated his own. So he's like super relaxed and just goes with the flow. And Michael totally (laughs) runs the roost. And he's the almost three-year-old and he has like opinions from now until, you know, a hundred years from now. And Ben literally like just couldn't care less. He's just there for the ride. He's excited to be here. He's so easygoing. But I think that like the best piece of advice somebody gave me was One, And we can talk, we're definitely going to talk about this in the future episode, but um, don't forget you and don't forget your relationship. And the second thing that I want to address is the worst piece of advice I got was um, nap when baby naps. Uh, That's like, people need to stop saying that because that is completely... And utterly impossible. Unless you are somebody who has a cleaning service, a cooking service, and uh, somebody to do your laundry and also watch your other child. Who the fuck <laughs> is going to do the other stuff when I'm napping? Like, I'm sorry, but if everybody's sleeping, who's going to do the things? So, like, that needs to be the last time that that advice is ever given. When I just uttered it right now. Like, please stop saying that to people. That's impossible. We can't nap because we are busy being stressed out about like all the other things that need to happen in the household that yeah can't i can't do if nap if the house is in so, disarray i just can't it's just no anxiety provoking when the kids nap that is your only time to yourself to like get a shower so no excuse me i'm not going to go sleep while i can finally wash my hair for the first time in like 12 days you know like that that's the worst piece of advice that needs to stop I think that we touched on a lot of points that are super overwhelming today, that that's life. Like when you have a kid, you are overwhelmed by that many topics that run through your head on the daily. And I think the biggest concept that, you know, ruins everything for everyone all the time is the comparison, whether you're comparing your kids, or you're comparing yourself to other moms, or you're comparing yourself to the other employees where you work. Um, that needs to stop, I think because like I said, someone once said to me that comparison is the complete thief of joy and you can't live a happy life if you spend your whole time um, in everybody else's lane. So I think that's the biggest point that we kind of drove home today.
1: Yeah, I completely know what you mean because it, the comparison is, is everywhere. It's thrown in our face constantly where you, you see another mom in Target and you're like, oh, her kid's got... Got, it looks like they got their stuff together and I look like a hot mess over here. Or you see social media or something and it's it's so hard to not do that but it's so important to just like focus on yourself and your kids and your family. And the thing is you can feel like you're doing everything wrong constantly and you're failing constantly but your kids don't see that. They see a mom who loves them and who wants to play with them and who does all these things with them. And and they just want to love you and and they want you to love them. And that's all that they want. And so you just, even if you feel like you're struggling and failing and doing a terrible job, like you're not. And your kid doesn't see it that way. So just think about you like your kid thinks about you.
2: Yeah, we're all kick-ass moms. And I think the biggest thing is to fail forward. So even if you screw up today, like that doesn't dictate you know, your week or your kid's life, like, we all screw up and fall on our face. Just pick up and keep moving forward.
1: And some of these stories make really good stories for high school graduations and wedding (laughs) speeches. Yeah. (laughs) So everyone, thank you so much for listening to the Scrub Caps and Sippy Cups podcast. Please subscribe on your favorite podcast player. And we are so excited to be coming to you through your speakers. Yay. Although this podcast is an extension of the private CRNA Moms Facebook group, we know not all of you are members. We would love to interact with you. So please don't hesitate to send us an email because we are so excited to talk about topics that are meaningful to you. You can find the email address in the show notes.